Welcome back to Straight to DVD. Dude. Dude. What's up, dude? Dude, how you doing, dude? I'm I'm good, dude. Yeah? I'm doing good. Yeah, man. Just sipping on some Earl Grey. Very nice. You know, you know how it goes. What am I sipping on? Living. I'm sipping on Big some uh, some honest tea. Honest tea? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that? It's just um, lightly sweetened lemon tea. It's iced tea. Iced tea. Lightly the, sweetened iced tea. Is the brand called Honest? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Iced tea, though. Not hot tea. Not hot tea. I'm not much I'm of a, a hot, hot tea, tea man. Guy. Really? We literally said the exact opposite. <laughs> what? Dude. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. You should get on hot tea. I've hot had, tea is hot. I've had hot tea. Streets. I like hot tea when there's milk in it. Like when I put some milk in my tea. Interesting. I'm a milky, what kind of tea? I'm a milky tea man. Milk um, tea man? Yeah. I'm a, yeah. Uh, I can't like remember. I think I, I had, I, oh, I don't know, dude. I don't know my teas. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's like gr- your green teas and there's variations of that. And then your black teas are usually like more caffeinated. Earl Grey is like the standard. I have like English breakfast and I like English breakfast a lot. Okay. I think English breakfast is a good milk tea. Yeah. 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 That's Um, cool though. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I like my, I like my tea milky. I do. Yeah. I don't, I don't like my, my teas milked. Sure. Uh, Free of milk, (laughs) but a little bit of honey. Uh, Ah, No milk. Honey is nice. I yeah. like a nice, strong, citrusy, punchy tea as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a like a lemon zinger or something. Yeah, lemon zinger sounds pretty good. That's good. I think that's good. Like throat tea. Yeah. Like the zingers and such. Yeah. I, I, I drink like a red zinger when I'm when I'm when I'm feeling a little under the weather, with some honey in it. Absolutely. That kind of clears up the the sinuses and such. Dude, it's fun. Are we? Are yeah. we? Are you drinking tea in honor of uh, the UK, the Brits who are featured yeah. in the thing we're talking about? Uh, absolutely not. I'm oh. just drinking tea because I wanted to drink tea. I'm a little cold. It's kind of late. I want to sure. get a little caffeinated, right. and warmed up. So, like, tea is the perfect drink for that. That's true. I should have made a hot toddy. Ah, honestly. now is hot hot toddy, toddy is technically tea. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my tea while you asked me that question. That's all right. Um, I think it is. There's, depending on how you make it, you don't necessarily have to put a tea bag in right. it. That's true. It can just be w- warm water, whiskey, and like some lemon, some lemon squeeze. Or some so lemon if you put a tea bag in it, well, you could put a tea bag a hot in toddy it. You, could, is tea ba- you could tea bag your hot toddy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah my, but I think either yeah. way, it's still tea. That sounds excruciatingly painful, but yeah. What? Teabagging your hot toddy. <laughs> Dude, don't make me laugh. I'm going to spill my tea. Dude, don't spill your tea on your tea bag. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bro. Fuck. No, that's too funny, dude. I'm going to spill my Dude. Tea. Oh, shit. I got to put that down. That's <laughs> Dude, that's good humor. That's good. That yeah. is good humor. Yeah, dude. Speaking of good yeah. humor. <laughs> smooth we, transition thank you, dude i was you know i was looking at the clock i was like i don't know i was, I was how curious. much tea talk we can do the tea talk i'm always curious our introductory anecdotes how long we can do them yeah. until we actually get to what we're talking about uh i don't know I, i'm not sure what the longest yeah. uh, the furthest we've gone I'm sure i'm sure people like this banter i, ho- I hope Probably so more than more than they like uh, what we have to say about movies. A- absolutely. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we've gotten to the age in our podcast and our viewership retention where, you know, people know what we like and don't like. Yeah. <laughs> they know what we're going to So they say. see an episode title. And they're like, ah, right. oh, I don't really want to listen to these guys, you know, right. say that this movie is good when I know that it's bad. I'd or rather just versa. listen to them talk about tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Why can't we just enjoy things that that the masses like? Ah, it, I don't know, dude. Um, if we if we did, then we wouldn't be compelled to share our thoughts in the vast echo of cyberspace. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. I guess instead we just yeah. do it in our text message groups. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but since we we contradict 
the, the general public. Uh, it's true. We right. think that it's worthwhile to to record it and and put it out into the interwebs. Right. Yeah, dude. Uh, someone will listen. There's yeah. someone out there who's who's probably thinking like minded, or someone who just. I feel like half the fun of listening to to uh to like movie reviews or something that you don't agree with is is just like yelling back to no one, like yelling back in your car to to a podcast that can't hear you. Like that's got to be fun. Like, what do you mean, Spider Man No Way Home was bad? What are you, an idiot? And then you know you realize that that Raph and Mike can't hear you. So that's true, no and that it was recorded weeks prior. <laughs> yeah, and that our opinions probably have changed to some degree since we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, opinions are not allowed to change. That's true, right? Hot t- hot takes are you take those to the grave. Right, that's true, because anytime either one of us maybe at one point in the many years ago said anything positive about Avengers Endgame, anytime yeah. we say something negative about it these days, it's like, oh, well, you liked this at one point. It's like, I yeah, don't so, even uh, remember when I said this. People change. People people yeah. grow up, you know, or they don't grow up. Opinions change from, right. from year to year. I'm not the same person I was two years ago. <laughs> Well, speaking of growing up, Hollywood hasn't because we. I'm gonna see how many. I want to see how many times you can try to transition back into the, the movie we're supposed to talk about. We have. We find ourselves here in another era of Bond. Well, you know who is growing up. Who is Bond? That's true. He's getting old, man. Yeah. He's getting old. He's growing old. He's changing his opinions on. The world around him. Right. It's wild stuff. Danny Craig, dude. He's old. He's tired. He's a millionaire. And you know what? He's going to cash in one last time. Before making 18 Knives Out movies. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because that and that, he gets to ham it up with a stupid accent. And yeah. not have with to. With his foghorn uh, like horn accent. Right. And I'm sure he doesn't have to run around. And do action scenes. He just has to be a detective. Yeah, he doesn't have to slam into people riding motorcycles and shit. Right. Whatever James Bond does. <clears throat> so this this is so we. But, but if you couldn't tell by the title, or if you're even still here seven minutes later, uh, <laughs> today we are discussing uh, No Time to Die, the most recent James Bond installment, the last Daniel Craig James Bond. And also, I think it's the direct the the feature film directorial debut of the uh, that show with Woody no. Harrelson and uh, the the guy from True Detective. Detective? No, he he. Uh, I was I was looking at his IMDb. He directed a movie with with Idris Elba. Oh, um, a, the one about I forgot the name of it. I think it's about like African child soldiers or something. Oh, holy shit! Uh, Beast King, something like that. K- King of No Nation. That's Beast what of it no is. Nation. Yes, or Beast. Beast of the No. Is there a Beast of the Wild? It's Beast of No Nation. You're right. Okay. Yeah, I think he directed that as well. Oh, wow. I'm okay. forgetting the director's name. As am I. It's very yeah. It's a name. Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Glad uh, we came prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're winging it, dude, just like Bond does, you know? Yeah. He's a he's a man of improv, improvisation, you know? That's, that's who James Bond is. That's Daniel Craig's James Bond. <laughs> um, but as you were saying, yeah. it's the last, last, last Craig Bond movie. Yes. Uh it yeah, uh, it also features. That's, that's all I have to say about this film. It's been a great talk. <laughs> um, uh, let's see where to begin. Okay, so uh, the song is my least favorite Bond song, maybe in any Bond movie. I've. I actually but, do have a question. Yes, I think this this might be a place where we can begin. It's right. kind of a general question. Okay, but um, and I was thinking about this while watching the movie. Okay. Um, in for in the interest of transparency, you recommended this movie for for an episode, and I said, "Okay, cool." Um, but I don't watch James Bond movies <laughs> at all. Like I've I've been in the presence of James Bond movies while they are playing on a television or something, but I've never like sat down and watched a James Bond movie. I think this is actually the first time I devoted like most of my attention to 
a James Bond movie for a given amount of time. Um, so that being said, I was wondering like what your relationship to the Bond character and like the franchise and I guess even specifically like the Daniel Craig ones, um, sure. just because I think that that's like an important way in terms of how people respond to this particular movie. So when I grew up, uh, Pierce Brosnan was Bond. Uh, mm-hmm. And his movies are, his Bond movies, I think Bond fans would say are pretty poor in the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things. Um, GoldenEye is pretty good. It actually is a very good cast. You got Sean Bond in there. Uh, you got Fomke Jensen. Oh. And you got Alan Cumming. A pretty good cast in there. Right. And of course, you got Pierce Brosnan. Uh, and then, you know, you go to something like The World Is Not Enough, where Denise Richards is playing a, uh, you know, a, a, a chemist. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, The World Is Not Enough, and, and the other Bond, the other Brosnan Bond one, where he's like 65 years old, is also not great. Uh, but those are the ones I grew up with. So, my my contextualization growing up with bond was Brosnan. And then mm-hmm. in the two thousands, we got a new bond. Cause he was like, he was nineties bond. Yes. Okay. He had what, four movies, five movies. I think, I think there was four. That uh, sounds right. And a video game and a and video, 64 game. video right. game. Yeah. Uh, there's golden eye. The, the world is not enough. Die another day. And then I think there was one before golden eye. The the name one of the things with the Bond movies the names are all too similar it's too easy to confuse them there's like the world will die tomorrow you know <laughs> today today is is gonna die like meet me at the end of the day like it's just all these names are too confusing is there is Octopussy a character or is that a movie uh I think both. <laughs> <laughs> Like um, Goldeneye Octopussy when it's just like the is Goldeneye the bad guy or is that just the name of the movie? I believe Goldeneye uh, uh, the, any Bond fan who's listening to this is going to be mad at me. I believe Goldeneye <laughs> is in reference to the the program or the satellite that he's okay, trying so to, the bad guy's trying to It's not watch. a character. It's not a character. The uh there's the old one, the man with the golden gun. Um, <sighs> that that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, the, the Craig ones, I think are a little bit better because they are actually based on the books that Ian Fleming wrote, like Casino Royale. Uh, I don't know. If I don't know if the other is. ones are, I know uh, Casino Royale Spectre is, is based on, uh, I don't know if no, is Time a book Spectre. I'm pretty sure is. I was going to say, I don't think no time to die just based on like the content of the story. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be based on any Ian Fleming book. Um, I have yeah. read Casino Royale. Yes. Um, which is, I, I feel like I was planning on going back and watching the Casino Royale movie after I read the book. Um, but then I decided that there were like other movies that I would rather spend my time with. Um, like Spider-Man No Way Home. Of, of course. course. Um, of course. But uh, but no, the book, the book is like, it's pretty interesting. It's the first one in the series. Um, I don't even know if Ian Fleming was like planning on making it a series or if that first one was just so popular that he said, screw it, like these are super easy to write and I can make a ton of money. Uh, so he did it. Um, but I know Casino Royale, um, which was like kind of a cool thing that they did with the Craig Bond movie to sort of like reboot the character. Um, I guess that would be like my, I, I guess that would be my guess. Yeah, that would be my guess for like what they were going with with this franchise. Um, but I don't know if like you as someone who's, probably a little bit closer to, to James Bond, like knows if that's exactly what they were, were doing. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. So, so prior to Craig being Bond, right? Like in the films, Bond was always very much like a pretty boy, smooth, suave, can never be hurt ladies, man. Um, and Craig's Bond is, is that to an extent, but mm-hmm. After the success of the Bourne movies, right, and the Mission Impossible mm. movies, uh, I think Hollywood were like, if we're going to bring Bond back, 
we need a gruff version of Bond. Like people are so accustomed to Jason Bourne and that kind of character. Like Jason Hell Bourne yeah. is not smooth. He's not a ladies man. He's a cold, efficient killer. Um, yeah. And it was like, well, what if we combine the traditional ideas of Bond into mm-hmm. a flawed character who is newly uh, an appointed double O? So he's inexperienced. So he's not flawless at what he does. Uh, mm. And so that's how the Casino Royale film uh, begins, which which is great. He's actually his the first kill of the movie is him getting his double O status. Um, oh. And what's great is that it you know it it sets him up on this journey in Casino Royale where it's very messy. Uh, he his plans never go according to plan. Uh, his <laughs> relationships his relationships with women are, are rocky. Uh, he he's constantly. M is constantly breathing down his neck because he's not doing the way things the the way that she wants him to be doing things. Uh, he mm-hmm. loses the fucking card game the first time they play. Dude, um, spoilers! Oh, forgive me. It's <laughs> true. This golly, is no golly. time to die. Not not Casino yeah. Royale. But the reason I talk about Casino Royale so much is because it's, mm-hmm. it is my favorite Bond movie of all time. Okay. Uh, and the reason it's a very simple reason is mm-hmm. because it is a it it is a spy movie about a poker game that's it that's it yeah that's pretty that's pretty whack yeah i like my spy movies to have like gadgets and shit oh boy i'm there a are, gadget guy there are gadgets in this one and well in this one yeah in because i'm a gadget guy is a weird standalone sentence that's true all right well <clears throat> we come we come to I'm 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 losing my my train of thought here. Uh, we come to so you, you like Casino Royale because it's super simple, yes. and then there's a series of there's what three or four other um there's there's Craig Bond movies there's that Casino come Royale, after Quantum of Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, and now No Time to Die. And now this, so this is the fifth. This is the in fifth the, and final Craig Bond in in the Craig Bond movie. Yes. Okay, so I guess. Another question that I have for you as someone who has not seen the other James Bond movies, except for like, I've kind of seen Casino Royale. Like I I think I sort of watched it when it came out Mm -hmm. like on DVD or whatever, um, or like on TNT or something like that. Um, so watching this, I've always assumed that the Bond movies were just kind of like, um, just random just random movies. Like whenever there's a new Bond movie, it's just because there's another book or short story or something to adapt into a movie and MGM wants to make some money. So they're like, okay, uh, Bond does X, Y, Z. And then he saves the world again. Um, and they all seem like they've kind of been like standalone sort of stories. Um, there's no like connection. Um, they're not like direct sequels to the other ones. Like all the Pierce Brosnan movies sort of exist in their own sort of, universe or world if you will uh and i'm i'm assuming that it's the same for like the connery and uh the other dudes who played bond i don't even know their name so that's how little i care about (laughs) james bond as a character as a character um but with this one with no time to die it was obvious that it was a continuation of an existing story and i was super lost because of that i feel like there were a lot of references uh, particularly to Spectre. Um, I think I was trying to keep like a running count. I think they said Spectre like 50 times in this movie and I have not seen Spectre. I don't know who Spectre is or what Spectre is or what they do. Um, and I wish that someone told me that I should have sat down and watched Spectre before I watched this, because I feel like that would have, um, that would have given me a better understanding of what I was sort of walking into. What's um, what's interesting? But then I guess my question is: like, are the are all the other Craig Bond movies? Is it all sort of like a continuation? Like, is this is this like the um is it like a, a sequential story? I was gonna say, is this like the Marvelization of James Bond, where everything is connected? <laughs> um, but I, I feel like that that gives Marvel too much credit. Like they didn't invent sequential like storytelling um, within franchise movies so what's interesting about this is that uh quantum of solace which is number two and skyfall which is number three kind of don't really have much to do with casino royale um 
some of the events of Quantum of Solace, uh, Bond finds himself in them because he's looking for the crime organization that resulted in Vesper dying in Casino Royale. Uh, so it's loosely based. It's loose threads like or that a little bit. But mm-hmm. ultimately, Inspector, which is the fourth one, is when Christoph Waltz shows up as the famous Bond villain Blofeld, who's from oh, an older an course. older movie, uh, and he's like James, I'm the head of Spectre. Uh, I I've every sing everyone in your life who's caused you issues, they've all worked for me. And then he literally by name goes through all the villains of the previous films. Oh, um, of course, of course. And then what's weird? So what's weird about Spectre? is it kind of feels like a sequel to Casino Royale a little bit Mm -hmm. in the same way that the Dark Knight Rises kind of feels like a sequel to Batman Begins as opposed to the Dark Knight. Okay, it it, it forgets about the middle stuff. Right. Um, Okay. And then No Time to Die is the closest sequel of all of them, and it is essentially a sequel to Spectre. Okay. And I that, feel yeah. that's that's what I figured. Yeah. Um. But I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just like going crazy with all the Spectre talk. Indeed. You know you are you are you, co- be- you are correct in that assumption as as someone who hasn't seen the movies you picked up on the assumed <laughs> threads of plot that they assumed you saw the previous four movies the, while, yeah. while watching this one. For sure. <laughs> I feel like it's more of a me problem than than the movie problem. Oh, sure. And they do make it like pretty clear that, you know, Spectre, at least Spectre, like is the name of the organization and the name of the movie. Um, and they're like very clearly the bad guys. So it's not, you know, even like a dumb, dumb like me can can put it together that that that's what they're talking about. Of course. And, you know, not not being totally lost, but rad. Should yeah. we actually like talk about No Time to Die now? Yes, yes, of course. I feel um, like the context is important, though. Uh, Bond. The, the context absolutely is uh, important. Um, and, th- I mean, big spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it. I'd be surprised if anyone hasn't seen it and they're still listening right now. Um, <laughs> so this was marketed very heavily as Bond, Bond as Craig's last outing as Bond. Uh, mm-hmm. anytime that happens these days, I think it's pretty safe to assume that, oh, okay, they're going bye-bye, uh, like in the movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, that happened with Logan with Hugh Jackman. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really the only other reference I have. Uh, so <laughs> with, if it happens twice, it's a pattern, right? Uh, so yeah. what was amazing about this was that the bond character has never died on screen. This, what? So this was the first time that the Bond character was killed. And they set up the character of, of Nomi uh, mm-hmm. to be the new 007. They literally, uh, Lashana Lynch uh, was literally going to be the new 007 after this film. But it seems like they sort of have scrapped that. Uh, yeah. Well, she is bit. literally 007 in this movie. Right. Um, but then she gives up the 007 title. Right. Back back to Bond. But I'm assuming now that he's dead, she gets it back. I guess so. So it's like, oh, uh, these movies are going to continue, and now there's just no James Bond. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the question of, like, will they continue this particular, like, James Bond universe where, where Nomi is 007 and all the new James Bond movies are just like about Nomi or do they do another reboot and like make a new Bond franchise with a new James Bond and Nomi is just like totally asked out. Uh, Uh, Who's to say? Who who is to say? Uh, I think that they intentionally set themselves up the way they did so they could do either or, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just like, I feel, uh, I feel like these days now, you know, everybody's a critic, everybody's a reviewer, everybody knows his history of cinema. It's like the yeah. only thing that people do these days. Um, yeah. so I feel like just starting the James Bond story again is so boring. 
Uh, here's my here's my 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 shitty shitty prediction um, that I don't actually want to happen and don't totally fully see it happening. Um, but I feel like this could be like a fan theory on a Reddit thread somewhere. Of course, where the next Bond movie is, and it's called like like Bond in you know. Uh, fucking tomorrow is the day or the end <laughs> no one knows tomorrow or, or something like that uh, um and and the new the new 007 bond is james bond's daughter from no time to die oh, no. and she's being trained by like an older obi-wan style nomi um training her in the ways of being a double o agent or whatever i i don't know if that's actually like a possibility but you know, I'm just gonna throw that that hat into the ring, just as because studios come up with all of the worst ideas all of the time now. So, you know, why not use that bad idea too? Right. What I was about to say, right? That that idea is so horrible that it probably will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I should work for a major studio and just give them the worst ideas possible. Absolutely. I would make so much money. What's 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 hilarious movies about would be, all movies would be shit, but we would make so much money. Yes, if we exactly. Did that. What's amazing about our little film group chat uh, that we have <laughs> is that we throw these crazy ideas around, and they sound so ridiculous. Except there are people being paid millions of dollars who have the same exact ideas in these fucking and, rooms, and are saying them unironically. Yes. They actually, there's a producer somewhere who is probably thinking that same thought that I just laid out. And thinks it would be a genuinely good, interesting movie when there is no chance in hell that it ever could be. Yeah. Not only <laughs> would it never be good, there's not a single soul on this planet that gives a fuck about what that movie would even be. <laughs> there, but there are. Who? It would make so much money. It would make Who so much money. Fuck? I don't I don't know. Who are but these it would people? make movie fans, I guess, the general public. But not us. We're, you know, we're I, intellects. I'm so, so, you know what's so, I mean, this is the, I feel like <laughs> this conversation has now sort of evolved into something beyond <laughs> no time to die, which is fine. But yeah. it, it, what's, I think what's so amazing, dude, is you think about like advertisements for film these days, right? Like the average mm-hmm. person isn't on Reddit, right? Like they're not yeah. tuned into what movies are coming out this weekend. They find out what movies are coming out based on the commercials in between CNN ad breaks for a movie yeah, coming or out football Saturday, games or football games or a yeah. billboard that they see while driving to work or the side of the bus that they're waiting to get on. We're still doing billboards. Yeah. People do billboards. <laughs> uh, nice. People, Good for them. I mean, people, uh, Good. yeah, people. Good for the billboard industry. Um, still thriving it's it's i think what's amazing to me is that as critical as we can be uh for the purpose of good fun and entertainment whether we're serious or not is that the general public and the general audience that you're referring to these people really in terms of like the buzzwords they oh james bond I know James Bond. James Bond has been around for fucking however many decades. Sure, I'll go see a James Bond movie. Uh, (laughs) James Bond is a sure bet for Hollywood. The same way comic book movies, particularly the MCU, is now like a sure bet for Hollywood. Uh, Mm -hmm. The same way like Mission Impossible is a sure... Like these blockbuster franchises that like have no competition. They just have no competition. People will go see them no matter what. Um... You brought up an interesting point, and I don't want to like respond to it right now. Sure. But I feel like I might might hit you up on the side about it because it could be an interesting conversation that we could maybe record uh, well, for the sake yeah. of, of this. But to go back to uh, to No Time to Die, um, and kind of just like it being a, a sure bet sort of thing, um, like the whole time that I was watching this movie, I I I didn't feel anything. Um, <laughs> I was and I. It's not so much that I disliked watching this or I had like a bad experience watching this. Um, I just felt such like this like profound level of of nothing um, inside of me uh, <laughs> that, that I like I wondered um, 
not, not wondered who this movie is made for, because I know who this movie is made for. This movie is made for people who are fans of James Bond, people who have been fans of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Um, but it just like, it made me wonder about, um, you know, whether or not they're like, this movie could have been made for someone like me, who's not really familiar with the franchise. I don't like, I don't know, like the Bond legacy or anything like that. I don't know what's happened in the other Craig movies. Um, so like, what is there for me to latch onto in this movie? And the answer is nothing. Um, and I feel like that's a weird, a weird thing that happens in a lot of movies is that like, they don't allow audiences something to, to latch onto. Um, especially if it's a franchise, like I have to do this insane amount of homework before I'm even allowed to watch this movie in any way that will result in like an enjoyable viewing experience. Yes. I think, I think what you're describing is the fantastic conundrum of contemporary sequels, right? Mm -hmm. Like how do you craft something that is both rewarding to those that have seen its predecessors and at the same time accessible enough for, for instance, something in Marvel, somebody doesn't want to watch uh, 60 to 70 hours worth of cinema to understand <laughs> yeah. everything that's going on. Um, yeah. You know, that, that said, uh, I think that No Time to Die doesn't really fall into a category of standalone and it's just like oh if you like james bond yeah. check this movie out like sure there'll be things i think in it that you can enjoy um yeah because it's like oh it's james bond it's like oh look there's q oh look there's m oh look here's an action sequence oh look here's the scene where his gadget car uh <laughs> you know. yeah uh th- james it- bond is popular enough and like uh, like as embedded in the zeitgeist enough that like anyone even someone like me will know who m is like mm-hmm. i will have like a general understanding of like what m does oh m is his boss okay rad check yeah. okay cars he drives cars cool tuxedos i get it um you know the the <laughs> womanizing stuff is like i think to me that's like the biggest that's like the weirdest thing with james bond and i like never understood that um like the appeal of like a dude who is like that kind of creepy and gross with women as like a, being a cool quality. Um, I'm above that. So that's why I never, of course. Really James um, Bond. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because like, even in, even in casino Royale, like, you know, every, every woman he comes across is just like immediately infatuated with him. And it's just yeah. like, like I don't care. First of all, as the character, I think they kind of make a joke of that in this movie, though. They do, which is like kind of funny. They do for when he first meets uh, Nomi, I believe, as well. Yeah, same with Anna de, de Armas, Anna, oh, no, right? Character. Paloma, uh, yeah. who I all, we we can talk about that, but I was just like, <laughs> well, like, why is she not in more of the movie? Like, what is the purpose yeah. of this character? <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, look, Anna, we'll get Anna Darmus for an action scene. She's beautiful. Whatever, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, but what what's so weird is like in universe, okay, Daniel Craig is not Daniel Craig. Uh, he's James Bond. All these women that he interacts with, for the most part, for the first time, don't know really who he is. He's just a handsome guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to think that in the real world, women have self-respect because they do. So in a movie <laughs> that's you know supposed to be a grounded espionage film, like I feel like they wouldn't meet this guy and then just immediately take their clothes off. Maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Daniel Craig is kind of a funny-looking guy. I don't think he's um, yeah. I don't think he's like wooing every every woman that he that he comes across. Like, I, I don't yeah. think, <laughs> I don't even know like what, I don't think what, like, every woman is like pining to be with, with yeah. Daniel Craig. Maybe you know? it's the accent. Maybe it's the blue eyes. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's his big, big floppy ears. Right. His big, uh, his big gumbo ears. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's always been weird in bond in general, as you said, like I, I think as yeah. we get older, it's just more distasteful. And I think Hollywood yeah. knows that too, which is why that kind of actually doesn't happen at all in No Time to Die. He yeah. is devoted to one woman. 
in this movie. Yeah, well, like one and a half. Sure, sure, that's true. I <laughs> guess right. There are echoes of Vesper uh, at yeah. the beginning, and that sort of you know implies, uh, not implies, it uh, dictates his relationship uh, with Madeline, mm-hmm. uh, played by the lovely Leia Sado. Uh, yeah. What's so? What's interesting about her character? is mm-hmm. that she's so entangled up w- her past is with uh Christoph Waltz's Blofeld inspector and then in this we find out her her like upbringing and important events that happened to her in her childhood are heavily tied to this character named uh <laughs> Lucifer Safin, I think his name is. Oh my god, yo, I forgot about that guy in this movie. We've gotten we've (laughs) gone more than thirty minutes talking about we're talking around No Time to Die and haven't discussed um, everything with that. That was probably my least favorite part of the movie. Yes, Um, yeah, I got some hot takes there. I got one Um, hot take. I like Rami Malek. I do. Uh, This Mm -hmm. feels like the most two dimensional villain in a very long time that I've seen in cinema. And that's not, it's not his fault. Uh, Mm -hmm. This movie didn't need like a villain like him. Really. It's not about bond overcoming a villain, uh, especially Mm -hmm. one that has created nanobots that can, move between people and destroy people's DNA. If it's, you know, and if it touches <laughs> you and it's their DNA, you can't touch them or they'll die. Uh, and yeah. He has toxic acid and plants and magic plants on this Island. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck was going on with that. The last 40 minutes of this movie where we go to his Island, he's grown all these magical plants and he has these yeah. nano robots and shit. I was like, what the fuck is going on, man? Uh, what do you think of all that crap? <laughs> Um, I fell asleep for like five minutes straight <laughs> during that island stuff. So I, th- I think I missed, um, I think I missed some, like what were supposed to be key moments, uh, with the Rami Malek character. Um, but at, at that point I had just, um, I kind of, I was kind of starting to check out, um, and like full disclosure, I knew how this movie ended, um, in terms of like Bond dying before watching it because, I personally had no intention of ever viewing this movie. Um, so I was like, okay to, to take in this, the spoilers. Absolutely. Um, so I was just kind of waiting for, for it to happen and see if it would um, play out in an interesting way, even though we know it's going to happen. Um, and the answer to that is no, because we go to that weird um, Island with Rami Malek um, to talk about his plants and, the daughter. And I think that's where I started to fall asleep. And like Q starts getting an odd amount of screen time that didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And like, Nomi, she like comes in and comes out. And I wasn't really sure how we were supposed to feel about her. And I feel like she could have been, she could have been utilized a little bit more. Um, but with this last scene, um, well, before, I, before I ask you this question, mm-hmm. uh, my hot take is I'm tired of Rami Malek. Um, <laughs> I don't like I don't, I don't like the this whole like Rami Malek is like a weird dude with like fish eyes um and in this movie he's just playing he's like really playing up the Rami Malek is a weird dude sort of thing um and it just didn't work for me um I know that the movie isn't supposed to be about Bond and a villain um and even you know with that just like uh, a story sort of focused um on James Bond and his sort of internal struggles and um, kind of coming to terms with uh, him getting towards the end of his career and life as a as a 007. Like, that is like a cool path if we want to go down that path. And you can include any villain just for the sake of having some sort of obstacle or some person for Bond to sort of um, butt heads with. Uh, but Rami Malek, dude, just like the whole like, he's super weird thing. It just doesn't work for me. I'm kind of getting tired of it. He's falling into like, a Jared Leto um, sort of category of, of just like, I don't need to see him in my movies anymore. I, I get what his deal is and it's not working. So <laughs> that's my hot take about, about Rami Malek and that character. Um, but for the end, the yes. ending, the James Bond dying, I think this whole movie is really just like about 
Bond dying, like that's really the only critical thing. Um, that's supposed to be like the big takeaway is that Bond dies. Like everything that happens in the two hours and 30 minutes leading up to it is essentially pointless um, because it's all just, you know, end of end of Craig, but also Bond dies. Isn't that wild? Um, did you feel like it was a fitting ending for this Bond character? <laughs> is that like a good way to kill Bond? Like, could that have been done any better? Um, what did I miss when I fell asleep? Um, who sent the missiles? I think I missed that part during my okay. nap. <laughs> so, so uh, M and the British government send the missiles uh, okay. because Craig orders them to because he's worried that the missile silo doors uh, will close unless he's there to make sure that they're open or whatever. Uh, this ties in to your question. Is this a fitting end for Bond? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of is my answer. Here's the thing mm-hmm. that really agitates me. Bond mm-hmm. decides that he's not going to try to survive because he's been infected by microscopic robots that this boring villain who had no bearing on him prior to this film smashed on his face that contains the DNA of the love of his life and his daughter. So he decides to stay on the Island and die because he'll never be able to hold them again. That is all convoluted, unnecessary bullshit. You want to know what's heroic and great what if he dies because he has to stay behind to keep the silo doors open? That's it. You don't need That's any it. of that other bullshit. Yeah. You get the same result. It's even sadder because had he escaped, everything would have been fine. But he can't because his job is to save the world and protect people. And that's how he dies, ensuring that that happens. Who the fuck didn't like argue with a producer <laughs> or a writer or something and say, let's just keep it as simple as that. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know, man. I guess the, the fact that they did kill bond in this movie, the writers, producers, director, like the fact that, um, that it happened, I think is supposed to be like a big enough deal that it takes away from any of the specifics of how it happens. Um, and I just wonder, I, I don't, I personally like don't have a better, um, answer, but I think your, your answer of just like, just make it simple like, just keep it super simple. Um, like there's no need to force in the stuff with Rami Malek and all of that. Um, like just keep it super simple. He has to do it because it's his job. Like, that's why we love bond. Not because he drives a cool car. Um, right. Like we love him because he's, he's a hero and like, he should go out doing some heroic shit, like some badass heroic shit. Really, really Safin Safin should have been cut from this film and it should have just been a continuation of Blofeld and he escapes from prison and cause he's like, he's Bond's greatest enemy. Uh, and yeah. that's how Spectre sets him up. And then Bond is done in by this guy, this guy who grows plants uh, <laughs> by a gardener by yeah it's so like that sort of felt anticlimactic i you know for someone who really likes mission impossible and doesn't mm-hmm. mind sci-fi i think the reason that i'm so turned off by the gadgetry in this film by mm-hmm. the anti-gravity mines down the elevator shaft by the, the <laughs> nano robots that pass through people and give them small yeah. parts whatever the reason that irks me in this is because the best bond movie my favorite one casino royale has hardly any of that bullshit in it uh yeah he just like i think he just like has a watch that has like uh a rope in it (laughs) i think that's it i think that's the extent of his gadget that's supposed to be like the appeal though of of the of the craig ones right it's it's, grounded it's like super grounded and it's not over the top gadgets it's not uh, car boats or, or whatever you know pierce brosnan was doing um right it's just like he's just a guy um and that also like that but that also like bleeds into the he's just a guy um like i will say 
these movies are probably more emotionally grounded than some of the other Bond movies because he is just a guy. And I think that's something really cool that Daniel Craig does bring to this character in like what I've seen from No Time to Die and what little I remember from uh, Casino Royale is that he does like, like Daniel Craig does play this role with like, um, I'm sure more emotion um, and more humanity than any other Bond has ever you know, brought to the big screen. I can't imagine that Sean Connery or Pierce Brosnan or the other dudes were doing like a really human version of James Bond, um, which is like all sort of like over the top. And I do think that that's, that's a cool thing um, that this particular franchise does. Um, so I get like why you end, then end that franchise with him dying because all humans die. Um, <laughs> so, so like it's a know. fitting... Yeah, as as far as we know, uh, Jeff Bezos has something to say about that. Um, but no, like it, it makes it makes sense that that's like where this this franchise would eventually progress to. Um, it was just weird for me because I couldn't like connect to like why it was important that he was dying, even though I wanted to. Like, I kind of wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did, which was a weird feeling. Yes, I, I I echo that uh, wholeheartedly, uh, particularly what you're saying about Craig's performance. I actually think that uh, this movie is perhaps one of his best performances. Uh, mm-hmm. He actually really gives it his all in this, uh, in spite of any other factors going on around him. Like he knows that this is his last outing as the character, and he I feel like when you're watching him. He's really bringing everything to the table uh, yeah. in this, which I enjoyed. Like I enjoyed him in this. Um, and so that helped me get over the finish line in the movie. I don't think it's a bad film at all. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I feel like it has a sort of, as we've said, and as you have said about other films we've chatted about, I feel like this in particular has sort of a espionage identity crisis it's not mm-hmm. really sure, like, is this a film, uh, is this a send-off movie? Is this a movie about our legacy? Is this a movie about family? Uh, it, you yeah. know, is this a movie about a tyrant? Like, what really is it about? It, like, it's kind of some of all of those things, but I don't think that it really communicates yeah. exactly what it, its final word is supposed to be. I think it's, it's like, it's all of those things on a very surface level way. Um, and then it kind of just like, it takes that surface level thing and it's wrapped around just like a ball of fan service is what it kind of like really Mm -hmm. feels like to me at the end of the day. It's just, um, you know, we're going to end this character because that's like what the fans would want or something like that. Like that's what, you know, poster on Reddit, uh, thinks that we should do, but it doesn't like. There, it could have really gone a little bit deeper with with a lot of those themes about like family and legacy and, and death and um you know like the inevitability and coming coming to terms with like your inevitable um demise as a human like um and knowing that that things are coming to an end that that everything that you've built is coming to an end um you know coming to terms with um with trying to build a legacy for a child that you never knew um you know existed. Um, trying to build a legacy of of love with with the only person you've ever truly connected with in your life, like there could have been some like some really cool moments um, with all those themes in this movie. And I feel like as a film, it wasn't super, it wasn't actually interested in any of those things. It was just like, all right, let's get to the finish line of killing Bond. Um, however, we need to get there. Yeah, I agree. It 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 does feel like that. Um... You know, especially with how I think I think the last thirty to forty minutes feels super rushed uh, and, yeah. and super crunched. Um, this movie is also extremely long, uh, <laughs> yeah, like almost three hours long. Which is, for a Bond movie, I feel like it's, it's very very long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I agree. And yet, I'm just like I'm thinking about what rating I would give, and I actually didn't write a letterbox review for this. I'm not sure why, yeah, uh, but I didn't. And I'm like, I'm thinking really hard about like how I rate. It. I'm like, well, like I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't think it's like great. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's very good. Uh, 
Yeah. But like, what's weird is that there are some aspects of it that I like, I really like. And then there's some mm-hmm. that I really don't. Um, yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I, I do have to say it. I think it gets brownie points for me. And this is just a, a personal thing for me is that mm-hmm. it had the balls to just like kill this giant yeah. mega pop culture character, which is a big no, no in Hollywood. And the fact that they just did it, I was like, Oh, that's cool. We haven't seen that before. Yeah. Take notes, Nolan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> kill Bruce. Hashtag kill yeah. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag kill <laughs> start the movement yeah kill that son of a bitch <laughs> uh, blow yeah. his ass up no it's um i totally agree it's like it's a really weird movie to um to try to um like talk about or like critique um i don't know if i because i i feel like i didn't necessarily dislike this movie um this wasn't a movie that i walked away from and thought uh, like actively thought, you know, wow, um, there, they could have, you know, the director could have done a, a lot of better things, uh, could have made a lot of better choices there. Um, but I also like, didn't totally enjoy it. Um, so I don't know, like, like where, like, where does one sit with this? Um, I feel like it's a totally f- fine movie. That, that's really the only word that I can use to describe it. It's just, it's fine. It's like as there as a movie has ever been without being right without being offensive or enjoyable i think Um, i think that's what's frustrating about it is that holy shit the final craig bond movie and he dies james bond dies oh how's the movie that's fine like either give me something to hate about it or give me stuff to really love about it right you know i almost (laughs) i almost feel that it was i wish that it was just like crazier in its action and gadgetry, because if you're gonna go like halfway with the sci-fi gadgetry, just go all the fucking way. Like, yeah. they, like fucking, I don't know. Gi- give the Blofeld like a mechanical eye that shoots a laser beam or something. Like, I don't give a fuck. Oh, that'd just be sick. It. Just do it. Whatever. Um, yeah, I will say I like the stunt work in this movie. Yes, um, just because it's like it's cool. We always say this: it's cool when things are practical. Like, it's cool to watch a stuntman ride a motorcycle through like random towns in in Italy. Like that's always, that's always going to be rad. Your movie's always going to be a little bit better if you choose to, to do something like that. I liked the action in this movie a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I felt like there actually what for a three hour movie, I felt like there actually wasn't very much of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, what was there? I really enjoyed particularly, I can't speak English, particularly, uh, in the last okay, I guess, 20 minutes when he's heading to the Russian uh, control station and he's mm-hmm. like ascending the stairs and it's that long one shot for the most part. Like I really enjoyed that little sequence. Uh, and I, I just like, I, he, there are some cheeky camera cuts he uses to make it seem like yeah. it's a one shot, even, even though it isn't, but still visually, it felt very raw and gruff and exciting. And like Bond's just getting blown around and like shooting people with his AK 47. I was like, Oh, this is like, I wish there was more of this in the fucking movie. Uh, so that's, you know, I, the action I, I really, yeah. I did for what, uh, sorry, I just want to confirm. Were, were you advocating for more gun violence in this movie? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's got a license to kill. <laughs> I think we, do we have to cut that out? Maybe. <laughs> Uh damn it. Um because <laughs> it is pretty funny. Indeed. <laughs> uh no, but so, some of the action does or not, most most of the action like it looks pretty cool. I think for the most part. Um it's like shot well, but um but also kind of boring, if that makes sense. Um there's a lot of like there are a lot of like singularly cool looking shots um that I feel like are just there. F- for people to do screen grabs and like share on Instagram is like, well, the cinematography and the new James Bond movie is so good um, without actually like making us think about how the cinematography is affecting the story. Um, but like, it's still like, there's still like nice photography of, you know, things for us to look at. There's some, the editing for the most part is like cohesive. 
Um, it doesn't have the Nolan effect of like you you can't hear any dialogue, and then um, when there's an action sequence, uh, it feels like your ears are about to fall off. So like it's like technically um, a an, uh, an adequately put together film, um, but there's nothing like spectacular about it. Um, I think that's the weirdest thing about this movie is that yes, it doesn't. It's it's just it's just median everywhere. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing exciting, uh, excitedly, excitingly negative about it, and there's nothing excitingly positive about it. Right. It's just, okay. I, I think what I've realized in this last couple of minutes of chatting about it is that in terms of recommending this movie, I would say that if you are a James Bond fan, you will mm-hmm. love this film. Yeah. Uh, I am not a James Bond fan, but I love Casino Royale because in spite of whether you like Bond or not, Casino Royale is a great film. Mm-hmm. This, I think, is a good Bond movie. I think it's an average movie movie. You said it, cousin. That's it. That's perfect. Yeah. I Yeah, I think any, anyone who, who really enjoys the character or the mythos or you know, just espionage movies. They'll be like, "Oh, I love, I love Bond, James Bond." Like, what's he doing in this? I think they'll be very <laughs> satisfied. What's he doing? What's, what's he, he doing, doing in this? Um, what's he up to? I think, I think it's 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 a character movie. It's it's a movie for people who love the character. I think that's really what it is. Yeah. It's a love letter to 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 Craig. Yeah. That's it. It's a, it's a love letter. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not already in love with with uh, the franchise, the character with uh, with Craig's movies, then, um, like for us, there's not going to be a whole lot here for you. Uh, but you won't walk away angry. Right. So like maybe do watch it. Like maybe I do recommend it to an average movie fan, but also like you don't need to spend two hours and 45 minutes of your life, um, watching this movie that you will end up not caring about at the end of the day. Right. Uh, if you, uh, yeah, I think I would say if you haven't seen the other Bonds, just watch Casino Royale and then see how you feel. Uh, if you have seen all the others, then I guess finish this Craig saga out. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Um, what score do I give this movie? Like, I want to just say, oh, a three out of five, but like, it feels a little too high for me, but at the same time, yeah. I'm like, if I was rating this as a James Bond movie, I'd give it a three out of five. If I was rating it as a movie movie, I'd give it like a two point five out of five. So I don't, I don't really know. I'm just gonna say, yeah. you know what? It's, it's not great. It's not a bad film. It is three out of five. James Bond. Wow. No time. You, uh, just so you know, you can never change your opinion on that. Um, you're locked in James Bond. No time to die. Um, three out of five for the rest of your life. Shit. Until you're blown up on, on a on a island full of. Uh, nano robot plants right. that are poisonous right yeah of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> how about you right um i gave it two and a half out of, out of five yeah. um it's not it's not a bad movie like we've said um it's just not for me this is like i think more so than logan um which we talked about a couple weeks ago this is like a the definition of a movie um that is okay, but just like not my vibe. Like we're not on the same wavelength and that's cool. I don't dislike bond. Um, I don't, you know, hate him as a character. I don't hate the movies. I don't think they're like dumb. It's just like not, it's just not something that I'm going to be spending a whole lot of time with. Um, and that's okay. Like we can both go on our, on our different paths uh, of life, um, and not really cross all that much. And like, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. James Bond doesn't need me. I don't need James Bond. We can continue to do our, our separate things. Um, and you know, life goes on. There's no time for us to die except for tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. Um, <laughs> when I want to, I want to James time Bond to die. The giant tidal wave hitting New York city or great Britain or something. The day after tomorrow sounds like a, a James Bond title. It does. You're right. <laughs> There are probably people who went to the theater like, oh, oh yeah, new Bond movie. <laughs> They're like, wait, this is about global warming. <laughs> that dude, that that is, I think, the day after tomorrow is the epitome of 
a movie that's not like um like great or well made and yet it still mm-hmm. somehow manages to slap to high heaven I, yeah. I i don't understand it's like the biggest conundrum it. in film yeah. i love it's that re- movie and it's like not really a good movie but i love it it's so like much. one of my favorite movies ever yeah <laughs> it's it's wild but yeah i every time I, I watch it which is like once a week i try to <laughs> pull out the things that are like that are exceptional about it and it's not much it's just like it's just a fun movie yeah it's so weird uh, yeah, speaking um, of, we we'll have to do a day after tomorrow episode. Yeah, actually, that would how be much great. We talk about especially it. right yeah. before Moonfall comes out. Yeah, Moonfall t- did come out. It did. Oh, damn! <laughs> I didn't know. All right, I got to check out yeah. reviews for that. God damn. Yeah, we got to see that. All right, so nice. The two point five. Yes. <laughs> two point two point five out of five from you, Raf. Uh, uh, that do they title the movies like James Bond in? no time to die or is it just called no time to die and like you have to know that it's a james bond movie uh i i think it's more the latter i think it'll always be a picture of daniel craig or whatever or like with these recent white guy in a tuxedo yeah it's a guy in a tuxedo (laughs) and then it says like 007 no time to die and it's like well that's my thing is just like oh people are gonna see these movies because they know james bond you know, yeah. like everyone kn- fucking knows 007, except maybe if you're born today and you're a baby. Uh, <laughs> other, <laughs> other than that, uh, like, you know who James Bond is the same way. Like most people know who Godzilla is or who knows who Darth Vader is. Like you got, you got Darth Vader, <laughs> you got Godzilla and you got James Bond. Okay. <laughs> is this, are you building the Mount Rushmore of, of movie characters that everyone knows? Pop I guess culture, you need one yes. more. Uh, yeah. Batman. Fucking everyone knows Batman. Everyone knows Batman. Spider-Man, yeah. Superman. Well, no, Mount Rushmore is four, so now it's too Ah, shit. You, you got it with yeah. Batman. Whatever. Yeah. Bond, yeah. Batman, Godzilla, and Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. When you think about it, I, I think, yeah, I, I, Star Wars has been around for ages. I think it's, it's a mega franchise. Mm-hmm. Bond has been around for ages. It's a mega franchise. Godzilla has been around for ages. Godzilla's a mega franchise. Yeah. And Batman, I think, is the is has had the most different actors play him. I think Batman is is probably the most famous comic book character on film. Some would argue probably Superman, yeah. but I think Batman takes the cake. I think Batman. I think those yeah. <laughs> That that's the Mount Rushmore, dude. Batman, Godzilla, Darth Vader, <laughs> James Bond. That's it. Yeah, that's a that's a good list. Yeah, that's a good list. Um, well, that's cool, man. Um, <laughs> dude, no time to die. We did it. We did we, it. Uh, yeah, we we fucking did it. We I guess now I have to go back and and watch the other James Bond movies. Uh, um, I recommend because I really recommend Casino Royale like a lot. I think it's yeah. a great film. I think it's very exciting. I, I tried to watch it, man, and I just like. Or not, I tried to watch it. I was going to watch it after reading it, and I was just like, eh, eh, yeah. eh you know? I'd be curious to see what you That's think That's what about I said it. to my TV. Yeah. Uh, nah. Quant- Quantum of Solace, I I can't even remember. I, I think most people, people like Skyfall, right? Skyfall I rewatched recently. I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Uh, structurally, I think it's a little weird, but I do Deacon like it. Deacon got it, right? Say again? Did Deacon shoot that one, or did Deacon no. shoot Spectre? Spectre. That's uh, Skyfall Sam Mendes. But Deacons did the, the cameraman. What's Cinematography. He, he did the cameraman, dude. <laughs> he did, he did, he did uh, that, the cameraman. That might have been, then it might have been him. I'm not sure. I think uh, him and, Men, and uh, Mendes are boys, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Watch him if you want. Okay. I was actually between uh, I was between starting the mission impossible movies and watching all those or all the, the Craig bond movies. Um, and I still haven't picked one. It's been like a week. I think I overall like. you'll be far more entertained by mission impossible. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it then. Yeah. Well, not let's like, maybe we'll do an episode on it, but I'll watch the mission impossible movies. Fantastic. Sweet. It's a good place to end on no time to die. Talking about mission impossible. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Raph. Who are you? Uh, 
what's your oh uh, man we still gotta plug ourselves yeah well plug yourself dude who do you what what uh, who are you <laughs> dude allow me to plug myself yeah. my name is chicka chicka the real slim shady hell yeah um no i'm raf rafstit at rafstit on twitter on instagram on letterboxd all one word r-a-f-s-t-i-t-t with an at sign in front of it you can find me on those platforms mostly talking and complaining about movies sometimes praising movies um and, and that's about it michael who the hell are you dude who uh, that's a good question who the hell am i, I i'm mike yeah. dude uh i can be found <laughs> on the instagrams at michael underscore romeo underscore roco underscore r-u-o-c-c-o uh, i can be found on twitter and uh letterbox at michael underscore roco r-u-o-c-c-o uh and you can find me roaming the streets of bay ridge brooklyn and you can find both Rath, Raf and myself as and the podcast straight to DVD uh, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and whenever you wherever you find your podcast podcasts at straight to DVD pod. That's the number two straight to DVD pod. Dude, we can also be found uh, in in the summer months at at the Breakers in Williamsburg. That's true. I was one there, one bar in Williamsburg. I was there the other night. Uh, it was, dude. I, it must be a new in deal. The win- it was five. You were there in the winter. Five dollar margaritas. Wow. Until eight o'clock, from five to eight o'clock. Dude, no wonder we're always there. But that's where if you if you don't want to find us on your you know on podcast listening platforms, um, you can find us at this bar, the Breakers Absolutely. in Williamsburg. And what's great about a- the winter is nobody is there, so like it's not as scary with COVID. Like nobody was there. It's cold. Yeah. Five dollars for a margarita, you're, dude. You're winning the game, dude. That's pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, also, James Bond oh, would like uh, would like that. Do a, a little celebration is in order. You're turning thirty, aren't you? Very soon. Yeah, dude. Yeah, happy, is... happy, almost birthday. Yeah, man. I'm getting old. I'm catching up to you. This is our last recording with, uh, dude. One of us in our twenties. It's about wow. to be an old man podcast. Yikes! Damn, dude. Between the two of us, we'll be dude. sixty years old. I know. Seriously, maybe, wow. maybe, maybe it's no time for us to die, dude. Damn. We're about to get Daniel Craig up in this. Oh boy. How old is Craig? Thanks, dog. I don't know. Oh, it's well, whatever. The hell, Craig. Happy birthday yeah. to Rev. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Till next time. All right, dog. All right, man. All right. All right. All right.